Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a written imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard I'm Ryan Gable, 
and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. TheFringe.FM is the network website. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. You can find our show archive there on the website, my montages that I make for the show, coming in and out of breaks. And you can find our links to social media, and our email if you'd like to contact us and stay in contact with us, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Please send me an email if you have something to share with me. I love getting listener feedback, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can also find my personal Facebook page, by searching Ryan Gable on Facebook, or you should be able to find it through the Secret Teachings page. Or, I never mentioned this, but of course you have the Fringe FM network page also on Facebook that you can find me as one of the administrators on if you look up the Fringe FM on Facebook. I'd say it was maybe maybe a year ago, a little over a year ago. I think it was back in January. I looked it up earlier. I think it's January of 2019. I did a show called Fighting the Woman. But obviously, if you just say that title, that sounds kind of patriarchal, doesn't it? Fighting the Woman. Why would I be fighting the woman? Well, obviously, you've heard the phrase fighting the man, right? And the man refers to mankind, which includes men and women, and all races, all colors, all creeds, all nationalities, all religions, etc. It's mankind, or what some refer to now as humankind, though some people don't identify as humans, so now that's also offensive. But the idea of the show I did last January, right around the time of my birthday, was fighting the woman. And when I labeled it, when I titled it, I capitalized the man. So it was fighting the Lowercase W-O, capital M-A-N, fighting the woman. And the whole idea, the whole premise of the show was that playing on this idea that we're fighting the man, man, we're fighting those powerful political and corporate interests. We're always fighting the man. I talked about how women now run publicly most of the major defense contractors in the United States. And so my premise of the show was suddenly it's acceptable, especially by what has traditionally been an anti-war left, politically speaking, that suddenly it's acceptable for defense contractors to make weapons of mass destruction and to advance upon all human life these weapons of mass destruction that kill and cause untold horrors in the name of preserving peace and safety for a nation. And so I just asked the question, I said, why is it okay now that we have women in charge of these defense contractors, that it's acceptable, and not many people seem to care about that? Women, apparently, I don't know about what all of you ladies think, but I guess The news told me that you were now excited that women are running these defense contractors. Is that true? All the women that listen to this show? I think I actually have more women listeners than men. At least I get contacted by by more women than men on this show, or it's it's close to 
even, but I, I think I have more women that contact me. So maybe that makes you feel like you're an, a, an integral part of society now. Is that the case? This was back in January of last year. I'm just, I'm just wondering, and that's what I was wondering on that show last year. We, we did the show called Fighting the Woman. Now, of course, when I make that, make that promotional picture that says Fighting the Woman, despite the M-A-N being capitalized and despite the obvious comical nature of it, there were multiple people on social media that accused me of being a member of some invisible patriarchy that I, I didn't know I was initiated into this cult, and they accused me of being any number of things. You know how the, the typical hysteria goes. You hate women. Why would you fight women? Why would you say such horrible things? And of course, when I asked them, did you listen to the show? It had to do with women running big corporations, and somehow that makes these big corporations immune from any kind of uh, public discourse as per their, their, their acts of criminality or immorality. And the response is, no, you're still, you're still a sexist. <laughs> so that's a really hot topic. And I did another show with a friend of mine, actually, and it was also last year, and it had to do with sexual biology preferences and the relationships between men and women. And the show I did with my friend, who is a woman, received the same kind of feedback from like the same three or four kinds of people. And I had talked to my friend, who's a woman, about that topic because I wanted to get her perspective. And for the most part, she agreed with virtually everything that I had researched and presented. It was kind of hard to argue against it because almost everything is completely documented. Like statistically, if I tell you that men are as likely or more likely to be physically abused in a relationship, in a domestic relationship, you might say that's insane. There's no way that's possible. Well, statistically speaking, it's either even to men due to the lack of reported cases are actually more likely to be abused. No, there's no possible way that's true. There's no, because I was abused. Well, if you were abused, all right. But this is a much more complex situation than that. So when I talked to my friend Teresa about this on the show, I had far more people message me and ask me, where I came up with an idea to talk about something like that. And they said, I, I agree with you. And I agree with your friend. I, I feel I had mostly women message me and say, I, I feel that, that you're right about that. And I feel that although there are really terrible men, women are just as bad. And of course they are. It's like the arguments with, with race. It's like only some people can be racist. Only some people can be sexist. People that use words like this don't even know what those words mean. They're just using it because it's a way to act virtuous in a social environment, to suggest to others that you care, that you're concerned, that you're a moral person, because it's easier 
to wave a flag and say, I'm with this group, than to actually do things and to walk the proverbial walk that would solidify and demonstrate that you actually do feel that way about whatever it is that you supposedly support. So I pulled out my little folder with everything that we talked about on that show back in January of last year, and I pulled out everything we talked about on the other show last year with my friend Teresa, including some news articles and some topical information about the subject of pornography, which we probably won't get to tonight, but I've done two shows on that. And this all might seem like it's either unrelated to fringe subjects, or it might seem like it's unrelated to the secret teachings, but once again, I suggest that the subject of love and sex, marriage, relationships, it's alchemical. It is the essence of the secret teachings. In fact, if you look at the secret teachings logo, you have the uniting of man and woman under heaven. It's literally the logo of the show. So this is very paranormal, it's very fringe, it's very spiritual, it's very supernatural, and it's very mystical, metaphysical, and magical. Not in that weird New Age way of like, love, light, and sex, man. Not in that weird like 60s, 70s hippie way. Because that ideology and that institutional ideology is the foundation and the movement that has led to more sexual incohesion in the United States since the 60s and 70s, but a social incohesion that has existed throughout much of the world throughout much of recorded time. And I'll explain what that means as we proceed through tonight's show as well. The argument that a lot of people will have uh, uh, about someone like myself, who you might assume you're, you're a male, you sound like a guy, I could tell you I identify as a woman, but the argument that people will have, of course, about someone like myself talking, and this is maybe, you know, one out of a thousand or 10,000 or 100,000 people, because when I make comments like that, I'm talking to the majority of listeners because I'm sure you've dealt with something like this or you, you know what I'm talking about at least. So one out of like 100,000 people, not even necessarily a listener, but just like one small minority in the population thinks that because I'm a guy, I'm not allowed to make any kind of observational analysis or commentary on a subject because it's exercising male privilege and it's sexist, and that I have no authority to speak on affairs that deal with women. Well, let me tell you this. If I have no authority to speak on the affairs of women, then you have no authority to speak on the affairs of men. Therefore, you have no authority to tell women and pussified men that all men are bad and that all men are are evil and that all men are trash and that all men are worthless and that all men treat women poorly. And this is a big thing now. This is all over the internet and it's all over social media. In fact, I came across a video the other day 
this women, uh, this woman, she looks like a, a kind of a classical conservative woman, blonde hair, the big sunglasses, tan skin, relatively skinny. And she starts rambling on about how all men are trash. Listen to this. In, in the environment that we have here on The Secret Teachings, I want you to listen to this for a moment and take this into consideration. And then I want you to, in your head, just play out the opposite scenario. If you have a man saying, well, in my experience and in my friend's experience, women treat us like this, and so we think all women are trash. That, that would not be allowed on the Internet. That would not be allowed in any kind of civil discourse or, or, or social discussion. That would be immediately stomped out. Here's what this lady says. Listen to this. These women range in every body type and every everything. They're all successful. They're all intelligent. They're all good people. But if all of these women... First of all, all women are successful and intelligent. That's simply preposterous. Not all women are successful and intelligent. It's also preposterous to assume that because I can state with a matter of fact that all women are not intelligent and successful, that by some subconscious patriarchal superiority complex that I'm implying and insinuating all men are successful and all men are intelligent because that's also preposterous including myself or having issues, then I have to think it might not be us. It might be you. It might be men. It and, might and you see her face. It might be you. It might be men. No, maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. Now, see, I see that, how she acts and how other women act, and I could turn it around and say, no, it's actually you. You're the problem. But what does that do? That gets men and women fighting against each other. Now, if you make a statement like, well, in all my experience, this is how men treat me. And I say, well, in my experience, this is how women treat me. And you can just kind of have that discourse. That's one thing. But if you have a conversation and, you know, I've had plenty of conversations with women and I tell them, no, no, actually, you know what? In all my experiences, I'm the good guy. Maybe everybody thinks they're the good guy, but I'm the good guy. I, I, I try to do things for the other person. I try to take care of them. And I, I'm, I'm, my, my, my face is spit in. I've been lied to, cheated on, stolen from, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the, other, the woman's like, well, you either, if they're a feminist, they'll say you deserve that, which is incredibly bigoted and hateful and spiteful. Or they'll say, yeah, well, yeah, but women still suffer more than men. Like it's a, like it's a damn contest, you know, or... More intimately with conversations I've had with women about this particular subject, in my experience, what ends up happening is they say, well, yeah, but in my experience, and they try to turn it back to them and act like as a woman, they've suffered more than you as a man. Kind of like it's a contest again. It's, it's disgusting. It's not men and it's not women. It's people that don't have any sense of priority in life, that, that don't have any sense of self-preservation or awareness or consciousness. It's people that are not moral. That's the problem. I be men. Now, I've often talked about the pussification of America and how... Pussification of America. Let's keep that in mind. How men are no longer men. I talked to my mom about this a lot, and she says, well, maybe it's just the guys in Texas. Maybe it's just the guys in Los Angeles. Maybe it's just the guys... Just the guys... Um, 
It is not just the guys in Los Angeles, Nashville, Dallas, and it's not they're not any better in the Midwest. They quite frankly, I think they're trash all over this country. They're trash all over the country. Thanks. I guess I'm a piece of trash because I'm a guy, which is prejudice because I have male genitalia, meaning that by definition, this woman is a sexist. If you want to play that card so frugally, let's play the card. You're a sexist then. So this woman says, and this is an isolated echo chamber on the Internet. I understand this. Very few women probably think like this when you sit that woman down and have a conversation with her, just like very few men think like this woman thinks they think when you sit them down and isolate them and have that conversation with them. Very few people actually think and believe this, but this is the undercurrent of social engineering and manipulation, a cult of anti-human programming to suggest that all men are trash all over the country and there's a pussification of men. Ah, now that's the one thing she said that is true. There is a pussification of men. There is turning men into women and turning women into men. So maybe women can't get along with men because a real woman can't get along with someone who acts unlike a man. She's not attracted to that. Maybe a man can't find a real woman if they're a real man because there are very few real women who don't, as a result of finding it difficult to find a real man, develop a hatred for all men like this woman and says they're all trash. Maybe that man can't find a woman like this because most women, as opposed to being pussified, most women have been masculinated. I made that word up. They've been turned into men. So if you take men and you take women and you turn them into the opposite biological and natural sex, then, yeah, it's going to be really hard not to maneuver through life without finding pussified men and masculine women. So, yeah, there are lots of pussified men. And the reason there are lots of pussified men are because there aren't family structures and there aren't fathers in the household in the same way there are masculated women because there aren't family structures and there aren't women in the household. There isn't a cohesion of male and female. There isn't a unification and an alchemical coming together of both sexes. They've been separated and they've been turned neutral, that they don't matter, that they're irrelevant. And so as a result of this, what's happened is you get, and it's kind of understandable, you get women and you get men who start to develop a hatred of other men and women. And so you have groups like incels that say we're involuntary, involuntarily celibate, so we hate all men. Well, much of my life I've been involuntarily celibate. That doesn't mean that I hate women, but don't get me wrong. That thought's crossed my mind more than once because I wonder, well, why is it that brutes and people that are actually abusive and or pussified, how, how come they tend to get relationships? Well, it's because a lot of the relationships now are not based on commitment. They're based on what I can get in the moment. So most relationships, although from the outside looking in, it might look like something that we want to be a part of as a man or a woman because we're longing for connection. But in reality, those aren't relationships. Those are two people using each other in a way that is far more malicious than any marriage contract could ever have been throughout history, at least certain segments and certain parts of history. So in thinking about this and considering the fact that when you have children raised in an environment 
you have boys raised in this environment more so than even girls, where there's no father in the home and where there's no cohesion of the male and female principle where it's not present, what ultimately happens is, statistically speaking, both the boy and the girl tend to become, in the case of the boy, violent criminals, alcoholics, drug users, etc. And in the case of the girl, maybe not violent criminals, but they fall into criminal activity, prostitution, alcoholism, drug abuse, etc., etc., etc. It's a very similar path because when you take out the structure of mom and dad, they turn to the vices of society. And when you take out the structure of the family for men and the structure of the family for women, you wind up with total social collapse and seemingly justified ideas by men and women that men and women, people of the opposite sex, are trash and they're worthless because they can't find someone who treats them right, whatever that might subjectively mean. And perhaps nowhere is this social incohesion and collapse more present than within certain communities of groups of people like the black community. And so that's why it's really, really confusing that if I go to blacklivesmatter.com and I scroll down to the bottom of their about page, that they have a section in their biography, if you will, that says we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. Why would a group that claims to care about black people, perhaps one culture that has been more than any other in the United States, devastated by the destruction of the nuclear family, why would Black Lives Matter want to dismantle the Western prescribed nuclear family? Maybe because they're not so concerned about black people and the very thing that's been done to black communities by those people who are not of the belief that all people are equal and that all people deserve liberty and freedom, civil liberties and civil rights. Because those people are doing to all people what they've done to black communities. Maybe that's the reason why. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. There's a lot more after this right here on The Fringe FM. Stay with us. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info 
Click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Alex X. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and you are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. People wake up out there. What's wrong with you, man? I've been drinking the water. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy. This is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Obviously, you can tell by the tone, the base of my voice, that I'm a man. And I'm not really proud of that any more than I'm ashamed of it. I'm just a man. I just exist. I just am. And that's really the end of that thought process for me. And I think most men and most women likewise feel the same way. It's... Not something you sit there and you think, and you think about and you constantly uh, all over in your head. But as a man, as you can tell by the, the deepness of my voice, 
women will tell me that I don't have a right to speak as a man because I can't speak on the affairs of women, right? I'm not allowed to speak about things that affect women. Okay, well, if that's the case and you're going to speak about men, you have no right to speak about the affairs of men. You have no right to speak about fathers or husbands or boyfriends. You have no right to speak about men in any capacity. You have no right to speak about the so-called mysterious Illuminati patriarchy. You have no right to speak about any of that. This must be said before we can go any further. But what I really want to explain to you in, in terms of the, the show topic tonight, the nuclear family fission. I was taking a nap earlier, and I came up with this show name because the nuclear family is a couple and their dependent children. So husband and wife, or it could be a husband-husband, wife-wife, right? However that works, but it's a man and woman and a child. That's the nuclear family. And fission, like a fission bomb, as opposed to a fusion bomb, a fission bomb is the action of dividing or splitting something into two or more parts. So, in essence, what we call the nuclear family has been turned into a weapon of mass cultural and societal destruction. And the nuclear family has been detonated in a nuclear fission process to break apart the cohesion and the alchemical transmutative properties of a male and female relationship and the offspring that might result because of that relationship. Now, I get the nuclear family idea in my head because, once again, if you go to the website of the organization known as Black Lives Matter, which has direct ties to convicted terrorists and direct ties to Joe Biden's presidential campaign, direct ties to the Democratic Party, and I'm not a Republican, I'm just making a factual observation and statement. If you scroll down on their About page, you can say, it's photoshopped. Fine. I won't take a screenshot and share it. Just type in Black Lives Matter, click the About page, and scroll on down. And you'll see a section that says, We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially for children. I'm quite sure that my memory serves me well when I recall that Hillary Clinton once said that it essentially takes a village to raise a child. If it takes a village to raise a child, what is that village that raises a child? It's a collective commune of people that determine the direction of all the children in that commune, where there is no independent education or moral guidance or direction from independent nuclear family structure. So if you create a fission process within the nuclear family, and then everybody kind of 
comes into this collective, then the ideology of the collective dominates the direction of all those in the collective, meaning that each child loses their independence, each woman loses their independence, and men, for that matter, are just totally out of the picture because Black Lives Matter's website actually says, especially children, to the degree that mothers, parents, they don't mention men, but mothers, no fathers, mothers, parents, they say, and children are comfortable. What about the fathers? Don't the fathers get a say? Fathers don't get a say. And that's kind of interesting that Black Lives Matter would have that on their website, considering that of all the communities in our country, here in the United States, the black community has been devastated, as have other, depending on where you are in the country, blacks are not always a minority, but other minority communities have been affected by the decimation of their nuclear family structure. So why would a group that is concerned with black lives, not concerned with the number one and number two killers of black people that are both men and women, trans and otherwise, and of course the innocent and children, and that is Planned Parenthood. Black Lives Matter is not concerned with Planned Parenthood. They have no mention of Planned Parenthood on their about page, just some commentary on how to destroy the family structure, which has already been systematically destroyed by true systemic racism that is now being applied to all people, white or black, Latino, Asian, it doesn't matter. The number two killer of black people, and essentially all people in the United States, are things like heart disease, cancer, and then, of course, medical malpractice, which is really the, the, the major killer because most people don't die of cancer. They die of cancer treatments. Most people don't die of some of those other diseases directly. They die of medical intervention in those diseases, but that's a separate subject, a separate show. So black people die at the highest rate by the hands of Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood was initiated by a eugenicist named Margaret Sanger, as many of you know. Margaret Sanger once said this, once wrote this, about blacks and immigrants and indigents. She called them, quote, human weeds, reckless breeders, spawning human beings who never should have been born, end quote. On sterilization and racial purification, she wrote in 1923 that the purpose of racial purification, the purpose of racial purification would indicate that couples should be rewarded who choose to sterilize. In other words, you're together in a relationship. You are, you are rewarded for purifying your blood by not having children. And on the subject of birth control, in 1921, she said the purpose of birth control, the purpose of promoting birth control, was, quote, to create a race of thorough breads, end quote, and otherwise uh, other terms, uh, essentially a master race. Margaret Sanger wrote in Women and the New Race, published in 1923, quote, the most merciful thing that a large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. 
That's Margaret Sanger, who gave regular Klan speeches and who, with Planned Parenthood, was intimately involved with the Gates family and the Bush family and, as an extension through the decades, the Clinton family. Hillary Clinton is a eugenicist. Bill Gates is an outspoken, overt, naked eugenicist. And the Bush family are also eugenicists. So why is that important? Because that's the number one killer of blacks. And the founder of that organization wanted to exterminate blacks who she called human weeds and reckless breeders. Now that kind of language is said to exist as a result of white privilege and white male dominance and republicanism and all these other things. When, in fact, it's a conservative family structure of the nuclear kind, if you will, that is being attacked and turned into a weapon of mass societal and cultural and economic destruction in that of a nuclear family fission bomb that decimates relationships and decimates communities to bring them into a collective village to be raised by mothers, not fathers. And it says that on the website of Black Lives Matter. So one would find this quite confusing if they did not understand the history of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, or the history that is relatively recent of Black Lives Matter, which was literally with other groups and organizations and is still to this day founded, run, and organized by convicted terrorists and by ideological Marxists who tell you on video, we have a philosophy. It's Marxism, which is meant to break apart the cohesion of all race and all sex and pretty much everything because perpetual class warfare is what allows control to be maintained by the elites like the Clintons and the Bushes and the Sangers and the Gates and all the others. So why would Black Lives Matter have that on their website? Well, if you understand what has been actually done to the black community and you question, is there really systemic racism? There actually is systemic racism, except the systemic racism isn't just about black people. It's about all people. And rather than it being really about race, it's about self-described elitists, people who think they're better than you because they have money or family lineage, whatever the case might be. So really, it's not systemic racism, it's systemic eugenics is really what it is. It's systemic eugenics. Because... When the Ku Klux Klan was initially formed, it was comprised of Democratic representatives who wanted to frighten whites in the North and South. That's right. They they attacked white people first and tried to scare white people into not supporting abolition and to not standing arm in arm, hand in hand with other people who are human beings of both black men and black women. And, of course, the Klan terrorized, in horrible ways, black people. 
but it was not a result of white people as a whole. It was a result of terribly immoral, bigoted, racist, eugenics-minded at the time, though eugenics would truly come about more into the mid-20th century, founded in the late 19th, early 20th century in Britain. That's where the idea came from. Eugenics-minded, bigots, racists, elitists, whatever you choose to call them. And today they've gotten rid of their white robes and they've put on black robes and now they pretend to be the protectors of the black community. There was just a Gallup poll that came out in the last two days that has shown that black people, on average, about 80% don't support defunding police departments. And therefore, if this is one of the stated goals of Black Lives Matter, about 80% of those surveyed don't support Black Lives Matter who are black. But a majority of whites surveyed do support Black Lives Matter because most of those white people are typically moral and they're kind and they have good intentions and they're told you're racist. So prove to us you're not racist. And they're being told that by black Marxists, terrorists, At the highest levels, it truly is non-Gentile run, and that's also a fact. But regardless of Gentile or non-Gentile, black or white, terrorist or no terrorist, Marxist or not a Marxist, it is a modern-day Ku Klux Klan that don black robes now and stand in perceived solidarity with black brothers and sisters who on average don't even support the movement, and then they terrorize everybody else into voicing support or being labeled not only racist, but being labeled violent. That's one of the slogans, silence is violence. So what does this all have to do with men and women? Well, it has a lot to do with men and women. If there really has been systemic racism, I call it systemic eugenics, then what is this systemic eugenics being operated, being organized to do, not just on the black community, which has been devastated in terms of their nuclear family structure, but on all people. Black people were guinea pigs, like Tuskegee. Black people were guinea pigs, and now it's everybody. And so one questions perhaps why Black Lives Matter has this on their website, that they have a goal to, quote, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure, And they proceed to not name fathers as those who will raise children in the Hillary Clinton collective village of mothers and children. Sinister, malicious, evil, and has an energy of a hellish nature. So... Let's address the subject of the nuclear family structure a little bit more thoroughly. Men have always dominated with physical force. All right, there, there are some women today, sure, that, that, that you're stronger than men, but that's not really, it's not really uh, a rule. That's kind of an exception. And a, a lot of women are stronger than men because a lot of women, for reasons we'll get to, have more time to maybe build muscle. And in exchange for this societal 
change, this cultural change, a lot of men have neglected to be men, so there's been a switching and a changing of the guards. Since men have always been dominant physical forces in the world of human beings, you know, a female lion will rip you to pieces. But, and a female lion is no match for a male man, you know, unless you're Tarzan or something. So it's not like all of nature. It's like in the human experience where consciousness, as we perceive it, dominates physical forces in nature. The man is physically stronger, and like with any conquering military, the systemic eugenicists target men because men must be either subjugated and turned into pussified creatures that will follow orders, or men are killed because men are the line of defense against the protection of the woman and the child in traditional nuclear family structures so that if the men are done away with by these conquering militaries, by these systemic eugenicists, the women will be more easily raped, tortured, and murdered, or taken as slaves, and the children raised within the ideology of the conquering force, i.e. in the collective ideological perspective of the new village which has burned the old village. Within any society that preserves intact nuclear family units is a protection of women, children, and men statistically and logically against crime, poverty, and mental distresses like loneliness and abandonment or at least the feelings of abandonment, which go along with loneliness, mental distress. This system, of course, has its flaws, but is perhaps the best ever designed for the domestic tranquility, peace, and happiness of all involved. From the 1960s to the 70s, families began to fall apart. And I'm sure many of you who are much older than me know this better than I. From the 1960s to 70s, families either fell apart or they never formed to begin with, leading to increases in divorce single-parent households, and illegitimate births, all of which skyrocketed from 20 to 30 to 40 or more percent, and all of which are associated with children's poor performances in school and society, leading to drug abuse, alcoholism, immorality, and criminality. And this is demonstrated each and everywhere you look, whether it's in a white community or it's in a black community or it's in a Latino community or an Asian community, when you deteriorate, when you dissolve the typical nuclear structure and you break it apart like a fission bomb, a nuclear family fission, what happens is children grow up without guidance and they get involved in things that they shouldn't be involved in. They become drug addicts, alcoholics, prostitutes. They become immoral and they commit crimes. Boys commit more crimes of a violent nature than girls do. Is that something that is a male privilege? As a man, should I be excited that as a man who commits a crime, I'm more likely for committing a less violent crime than a woman to be put in jail for up to three times, I think it's up to 60-something percent 
60% more jail time for committing the same or a less violent crime than a woman. Is that male privilege? I didn't think so. So there's a guy named Marcellus Wiley, and he was on a uh, sports show a couple of uh, couple of weeks ago, back in early July. And he was asked what he thought about Black Lives Matter. Now, keep this in mind. Young black man being asked by another young black man with some weird-looking white guy in the middle uh, what he thought of Black Lives Matter. I'm going to play what he said. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into the hard details of all this. This is what Marcellus Wiley had to say. You. Yeah. Is this a good idea? Ah, it's not a good idea. Um, I do want to give the players credit for their flex to even get this to be more than just an idea, but something that's going to be in reality. I give the players that. Um, But there's a problem with when you start to go down this road of the freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and how much social space is allowed for those who don't support in that same space. And that's where I, I wonder where this is going to go in terms of identity politics. We know what identity politics does. Uh, it, it divides and it polarizes. No matter how you want to look at it, that's just the effect of it, no matter how great the intentions are. And we all know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. intentions. So it's an interesting play right here. I don't know how many people really look into the mission statement of Black Lives Matter. But I did. And when you look into it, there's a couple things that jump out to me. And I'm a black man who's been black and my life has mattered since 1974. And this organization was founded in 2013. I'm proud of you. But I've been fighting this fight for me and for others a lot longer. Two things. My family structure is so vital, important to me. Not only the one I grew up in, but the one I'm trying to create right now. Being a father and a husband, that's my mission in life right now. How do I reconcile that, what I just told you, with this mission statement that says, quote, we dismantle the patriarchal practice. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. When I know statistics, when I know my reality, forget statistics. I knew this before I even went to Columbia and saw these same statistics that I'm going to read to you right now. That children from single-parent homes versus two-parent homes. The children from the single-parent homes, this is in 1995 I was reading this. Five times more likely to commit suicide. Six times more likely to be in poverty. Nine times more likely to drop out of high school. Ten times more likely to abuse chemical substances. Fourteen times more likely to commit rape. Twenty times more likely to end up in prison. And 32 times more likely to run away from home. I knew that. You know why I knew it? Because a lot of my friends didn't have family structures that were nuclear like mine, and they found themselves outside of their dreams and goals and aspirations. So when I see that, or as a mission statement for Black Lives Matter, it makes me scratch my head. When I also see their mission is to eradicate white supremacy, in 2020, white supremacy is the mission. That's a lot of digging through minutia right there. I am on a show that I'm hosting along with another black guy who is hosting with me who replaced another black guy. And that's just one example of it. So I understand. I respect your space. I respect what you're protesting for. But will you respect others who don't support that same protest? Exactly. That is one of the most brilliant commentaries I've ever heard given by anybody on a sports show that didn't have to do with sports. I mean, Charles Barkley used to say some hilarious stuff about, like, Jesse Smollett. You, you know, you don't 
pay for crimes with checks. And he got in trouble for that. Marcellus Wiley makes these comments, and it's been kind of quiet on the Internet, hasn't it? You haven't really heard about this guy. It's not like they they brought this up on other television shows. If it was a white guy that said this, he'd have been fired. In fact, there have been some sports commentators like uh, the NBA's Grant Napier, who was fired recently for stating, all lives matter. And I believe he put that on Twitter. So Marcellus Wiley makes these comments. He's a black guy, not only a black guy, but a very intelligent black guy who went to Columbia, played in the NFL, and now is successfully involved in the sports world and who knows his history and knows his statistics on top of that. And there isn't any commentary about that because that is a free, enlightened human being who is not dismantling the nuclear family structure like Black Lives Matter says they want to do on their website. He is dismantling the nuclear family fission bomb that has been constructed in a socially engineered Manhattan project to do to the black community and to do to the rest of humanity what has been done to the black community, and that is destroy men and women and then bring women and children under the protection of the state through welfare programs and quote-unquote villages, collective communes where the children are wards of the state. And there are no longer men and women, and eventually there are no more relationships or births. In fact, as Orwell said, the orgasm will be eliminated. And when a black man says that, or any person says that, There's no place to even criticize it because it's so powerful as a truth, it has to be totally ignored. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere more after this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. 
If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm. Call the station at 501-777-5631. Or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. You tune into this show at your own risk because it leads to a state of mind, not a perception that will be, but one that is. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. The analysis offered on this show is objective, removed from the emotional hysteria of the hive mind collective mob of coercive persuasion, the polar divisions in politics and religion, and those that exist in the paranormal, occult, and even in health. By simple observation and common sense, one may decipher the news speak doublespeak, and propaganda of ideological collectives intent on persuading the individual to abandon liberty through coercion and fear. On this show, we will speak to your heart and soul, opening a channel to spirit. And when you tune into this frequency, you are hearing The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, with a full archive at thesecretteachings.info. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, which you can find at caravantomidnight.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Hi, I'm Kelly McGillis, and I'm here to talk to you about rape. Ladies, look to your left. Now look to your right. Statistics indicate that both of those men will rape you. I'm not going to rape you. I might. Everyone's talking about feminism. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. This is a montage I made. It's in our montage archive. If you're a subscriber, you can access it at thesecretteachings.info. This is a montage I made called Men, and it's clearly meant to be comical but informative. It's from an old show, and I wanted to play it tonight. We'll be back in just a moment. Aggressiveness. Mm -hmm. So when a man says something, it can be awkward because I might feel like there's a fear there. When a woman says it, although I do see this as duplicitous, I don't see the same threat. I think women actually don't want equal treatment. They couldn't handle it if they got it. What a lot of women are actually asking for, and you can look aghast at this, is special treatment. Are you saying that there are as many cases of women being violent towards men in a relationship as there is as there are men? Yes, it's, it's, it's long been known. It's, it's, it's true across the developed world, and it's true in this country. It's known from, from crime surveys that men suffer violence at the same sort of levels and at the same severity as, as women. And yet the support for men 
for male victims of domestic violence is virtually zero. And again, it's another driver of the high male suicide rate. Is that equal treatment or is that special treatment? I think what women need to realise is that you have to toughen up. We can't ask for equal pay. You have to be paid on performance. You realise that virtually everything that comes out, out of radical feminists, you know, they are either conspiracy theories, fantasies, lies, delusions or myths. We need to kill all men. I am sick of being a baby factory that produces more men. And I'm sick of being a sperm factory. Subjugate me. So the only answer to that is to kill male babies and um, just kill any man. That's a modern-day Margaret Sanger right there, that we witch. Want the species to go on. But we want it only to go on with women. Yeah, Aldous Huxley will take care of that in a lab. Enormously powerful feminist movement and virtually nothing for men. Originally, it was capitalism was the big enemy in the 60s and 70s. And it was the radical feminists in America. They moved the goalposts. They said, no, it's no longer capitalism is the enemy. The enemy is patriarchy. All men. And they were desperate for funding and they needed a just cause. It's an enormous industry. I mean, violence against women, they get something like, was a billion and over a year. And an awful lot of that goes on really supposedly rehabilitating men, but essentially punishing them. Every society that survived, survived based on its ability to train its sons to be disposable. Disposable in war as warriors, disposable in work as firefighters, as workers on oil rigs and so on, coal miners, and indirectly, therefore, disposable as dads. What would you rather be doing? Drilling to the center of the earth, shaking hands with the devil. Every time there's a rumble in the ground, you wait for the whole thing to collapse down on top of you. Would you rather be up in the sunshine, running around with a couple of toddlers that you can send to bed anytime you want on some sort of trumped up charges? But these mothers are bending over at the waist, putting DVDs into DVD players. I don't know how they do it. One thing we can't do is say that hierarchical organization is a consequence of the capitalist patriarchy. It's like, that's patently absurd. Full plane high and go seek. You live in the dream. No time card, no taxes. You're off the grid. They've been taught stupidity, and how they feel is all that matters. The philosophy presumes that group identity is paramount. That's the fundamental philosophy that drove the Soviet Union and Maoist China. And it's the fundamental philosophy of the left-wing activists. It's identity politics. It doesn't matter who you are as an individual. It matters who you are in terms of your group identity. Income inequality is the stupidest issue. Income inequality means nothing. Right? I mean, I'm, I have a lot of income inequality with Bill Gates, but I'm doing pretty well, and I don't care that Bill Gates is doing really well. The only thing we should all care about is that there are poor people. We should figure out how poor people can do better, not how to make Bill Gates less rich. There's this idea that hierarchical structures are a sociological construct of the Western patriarchy, and that is so untrue that it's almost unbelievable. Evidently, you know, just some people didn't get it. It's not okay to slam your wife's head into the cupboard drawers so at the end of the hour, they come to the logical conclusion. They're like, there is no reason to hit a woman. There is no reason to hit a woman. And I was just like, really? I could give you like 17 right off the top of my head. Dude, there's plenty of reasons to hit a woman. You just don't do it. Really? No reason? How about this? You marry a girl, you fall in love, you buy her a house. You go to work every day, paying off the house. You come home one day, she's banging the next door neighbor, hands you divorce papers. You got to move out, sleep on a futon, and still pay for that house that she's going to stay in. No reason. 
How come you can't ask questions? You can only ask questions about what the guy did. You can never ask about the woman. Why is that? What about Once again, I'm Ryan Gable. I am a man. I'm not really proud or ashamed of that. I'm just a guy. This is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. Now that we're men, it's a SpongeBob movie. Maybe I'm not much of a man. Maybe I'm a kid. That hierarchical structures are a sociological... If you want to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. The philosophy presumes that group identity is paramount. That's one of our montages in the archive on the website. You can access all the montages when you subscribe to The Secret Teachings at thesecretteachings.info. Also, you'll get my digital books and you will get access to our full show archive. Now, there are many things that you just heard in that montage and that compilation that could be turned into full segments. One of the things that was mentioned at the beginning of that montage I made was violence in domestic situations. Now, contrary to popular belief and the idea that one of these days, Alice, one of these days is that in the United States, in the UK, in most countries of a similar social and cultural structure, violent crime by an intimate partner is virtually identical. Now, if you start breaking down statistics kind of like matter in the sense of theoretical particle physics and string theory, you get to a point where it breaks down into essentially what look like pixels. Reality starts to pixelize. And if you do that too much to anything, it, it kind of falls apart. The structure of it is lost. If you do that with statistics and you say, okay, how many trans people who are also quadriplegic, suffered from violence of a partner who was interracially involved in this relation, it just becomes absurd. But in typical intimate partner relationships, according to the National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey, you could just type that in, Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey from 2010, published in 2011. It takes a while to put these stats together. According to this survey that was put together, all this data, violence by an intimate partner, here's what it says, more than one in three women, 35.6% experienced violence by an intimate partner. Now, you would expect maybe that number is actually lower than, than, than you know the number they give is lower than what it actually is. And that they even say that. They say more than one in three women have been the victim of, of rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime. 35.6% of women. And there's a percentage of that of women that don't report it, of course. So like they tell you in the statistics, they say it's actually more than one in three. So it's maybe, maybe it might be one in two. All right, that's okay. One in two, one in three, the number is one in three from the information. Okay, that's statistical information that's compiled. Now, if you were to guess, let's do this in real time. Take a guess. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll count to five. I'll, I'll be silent for a moment. Take a guess. How many men suffer violence by an intimate partner? Just take a guess. Let's pause for a moment. Do, 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 do. 
How many? You have any idea? Take a guess. Say something out loud. What do you think? It's one in four. And it's actually more than one in four. Meaning that at best, at best, nearly the same number of men experience in relationship to women who experience rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime. That's a lot of men. And likewise, a lot of men aren't going to report it. And due to social and cultural perceptions, theoretically anyway, it would be likely that less men than women don't report it which would indicate that the numbers are probably somewhere around 40% for women, and they're probably somewhere around 35 to 40% for men. With the actual data, it's 35.6 to 28.5. That's really eerily and scarily close, isn't it? Considering that we live in a world in which constantly projects that men are always abusing women, when statistically speaking, it's virtually identical. Now, this isn't a contest because I've shown this to women before and they told me, yeah, but see, see, look at the data. Women are still abused more than men. So I win. I said, what do you, what do you mean you win? I mean, it's not a contest. These are people that are being abused by immoral brutes and whether they have penises or vaginas, it doesn't really matter. They're still brutes, men and women. It has nothing to do with men or women. It's like a hate crime. There's no such thing as a hate crime. There's just crime. There's just crime. There's motivation for the crime. That might be an indication of why the crime was committed, but the crime was still committed. And when the crime is committed, it's a crime, no matter what the reason was for it being committed. Just like gender is not a social construct. Gender is biological. It's like when you pave something and then over time the the weeds grow up through the cracks. Even if you pave over natural biological gender, why do you think people that don't live their prescribed gender, th- those that truly don't have like a, a, a wire that's switched where, where they really are in their brain, a woman or a man, I, I believe that souls, spirits get switched or something happens at birth or conception. And there are men born in women's bodies and women born, born in men's bodies. But when you have a lot, large number of people that are really confused about sexuality and gender and all these things as a result of the nuclear family fissioning out in part and as a result of other things, it's no wonder that they turn to drugs and alcohol and prostitution and other forms of vices and and, and gratifications that ultimately lead to self-harm and depression and suicide. It's not because they're gay, they got made fun of, maybe they were made fun of, but why do you think people turn to those things anyway? Because they don't have an identity. And then that group that doesn't have an identity often gets drawn into the collective identity and they become another pawn to be used to destroy other societal units. So one in three women, one in four men. Did you know that men die by suicide at a rate over three and a half times that of women? 73% of suicides are men. 93% of workplace deaths are men. 93%. Men receive 63% more prison time compared to women convicted of the same crime. So ladies who don't 
agree with what I'm saying tonight. Is that fair? Because I'm sure the argument would be, well, men deserve it. Men deserve to die in the workplace. Men deserve to commit suicide. Men deserve to be put in jail for the same or a less violent crime longer than a woman who commits the same or a more violent crime. You better check your moral compass if you have one, if you think something like that. Intimate partner violence is totally widespread and virtually equal between men and women. I have another data sheet here from the 2017 Uniform Crime Report hate crime statistics, which there's no such thing as a hate crime. There are just crimes, and then we can find identifications for why a crime was committed. That's maybe the act of hate. But in the hate crime statistics, in the Unified Crime Report, for gender bias in 2017, there were 54 victims of hate crimes moted by an offender's bias towards gender. Would you like to know the statistics for this? 28 of those 54 were categorized as anti-female crimes. 26 of 54, just two less than the 28, 26 were anti-male crimes. Now, considering that men are typically more physically dominant than women by nature, you'd imagine this number to be off the charts, whether it was a hate crime or an act of rape or aggression. But the reality is women commit hate crimes and women commit violence against men at the same rate that men committed against women. And this is not happening Contrary to popular belief and your individual experience, which does create your reality, this is not happening in typical, standard, conventional, conservative family units. And if it is happening in those standard units, it's likely happening not because of the connection. It's happening as a result of influence from things outside of that unit. Convincing women to be something more than women, men to be something more than men. It's from watching television and movies and listening to music and watching those daytime and nighttime television shows that convince women that to be with a man, it has to be a perfect relationship. You know, that I'm not married and I have a son and... Without saying any more as a result of, uh, you know, personal things with his mother, I, I can tell you that I still, I still have love for his mother because she's the mother of my child. And I asked her to marry me long before he was ever conceived. I asked her to marry me after he was conceived. And when I found out she was pregnant, she told me no for different reasons. One, she said she used me to recreate a relationship that she had had in the past. And despite the fact that we have a kid together and have pretty much everything in common, I was told that our relationship wasn't perfect, so it won't work out. And she can't even have a discussion about it. She freaks out and gets anxious. That's not normal. That's not normal. That's not normal. So if you want to carry this on further, we have to look into the history of what a nuclear family unit really is. Because Black Lives Matter wants to get rid of the nuclear family unit, as they say on their website, which is kind of strange considering that the black community has been disproportionately affected by the fission of their 
nuclear family units. And now this is being applied not by systemic racists, but systemic eugenicists to the whole of humanity. When we come back, I'm going to give you a little more than a 20-minute historical analysis and to put all of what we've discussed tonight into context. It's going to be a quick, powerful, and heavy final segment. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. We'll be back right here on The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. A woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus. Come on, there are plenty of amazing women politicians. Name one. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. How is she awful? Hates freedom. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Paranormal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it. Guys, it was a pretty good thing. Guys, no, no, no. Can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, okay? Distorting facts, it, like, basically changes history. You know, it's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, 
then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Understand the procedure now? Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show, for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions. And uh, I'd be willing to come back at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion. So thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings Radio Show on the Fringe FM. The Fringe.fm is the network website, our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. We've been here for, on the Fringe for now, about three and a half, almost four years, coming up on our 400th episode very soon, thousands of episodes over the last decade. It's all in the archive with our montages, with my books. It supports the show when you subscribe, so please subscribe to the archive or at least grab a book on the website. Check us out on social media and contact me through the email. Tonight is the nuclear family fission, the destruction of the nuclear family and what it means to all of humanity. Within any society that preserves this nuclear family structure, there is protection of women and protection of children and protection even of men against crime and against poverty and mental distress. And of course, this system has its flaws, but it's perhaps the best ever designed for the domestic tranquility, peace and happiness of all of those involved. It was in the 1960s and 70s in the United States of America where families began to fall apart or never formed to begin with, which led to increases in divorce and single-parent households, illegitimate births, all of which are associated with a child's poor performance in school and in society, leading to drug abuse, alcoholism, prostitution, immorality, and overall criminality, especially violent crime for boys. The idea that men abuse women, who are always victims of physical sexual dominance, is both a myth and a reality. In reading the National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey from 2010-2011, one in three women, 35.6% of women, and one in four men, 28.5% of men in the U.S. have experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner. 
So it's a reality. Sure, men do abuse women, but you're missing half the story. Women abuse men at almost an exact equal rate. It is true that men abuse women, but within situations where there is often no bond or commitment by either party, where there is no moral, social, or cultural repercussion for abandonment and not fulfilling responsibilities, men and women act selfishly, causing naturally violent environments. In these situations, it's the never-married or the separated woman who is often victimized by the violent crime, by the rape, by the violence, by the stalking, etc. The rate is even higher for divorced women. When you take into consideration the frugal reasoning for marriage or divorce, the blame is placed solely on both individual parties, not just the woman and not just the man. The idea that marriage is abusive to women is one of the greatest myths ever promoted by sociologists and feminists in particular. If no commitment exists, then there is far less incentive to make sacrifices for one's partner, to have introspection and reflection on companionship and your partnership. It leaves the man and woman to pursue a flightful and flagrantly abusive and immoral lifestyle that lacks respect for each other and for self. When customs discouraged acts of divorce and sex or childbirth outside of marriage, we call this archaic, but acts of aggression and abuse were far less common. After 1775 in America, you know I love American revolutionary history. I love late 18th, early 19th century U.S. history in particular. Around this time, it was nearly unheard of except in extreme circumstances when divorce was actually to be permitted. Unlike the policies in Europe at the time, in the 18th century, where, for example, something like rape was considered minuscule. In the colonies, around the time of the Declaration of Independence in 1776, rape was punished by death. And in America... It was a place where the family was based on the concept that women were equal partners to men, though both parties had different roles to play. And this is always overlooked and considered to be sexist and patriarchal, but it's actually the very opposite of those things, as I'll explain in a moment. Though it is no doubt true that this assignment of roles limited some potential in women in those days and led to some incompetence as a result of men, Overall, it could be said that it protected both far more than it hurt either or the whole of the community. It is the separation of love and sex and marriage that leads to violence and negligence. It is not a byproduct of marriage, but as a result of its dissolving. Marriage also provides men with a sense of responsibility and purpose, that of which would deteriorate into destructive lifestyle without the structure as it does with most women as well. Of course, there are exceptions to this, but these are men and women, if they are exceptions, who are solely responsible anyways. Sometimes it works if you're responsible and if you take care of yourself and you take care of your child. It works, but these are great exceptions to the historical rule that has been changed intentionally and naturally because lifestyles today are obviously naturally much different than they were a few hundred years ago from 
cleaning clothes to cooking food. Now, the idea that men are unnecessary to raise children is just simply opposed to the natural order of life. Children raised by a single mother will likely lack the moral guidance and discipline provided by a father, especially to a son. The same is parallel and true for a daughter raised solely by a single mother, and the same of both is true. The parallel is true for the single father who raises a son or a daughter. Boys raised with no father are far more statistically likely to become violent criminals and abusers of women, perpetuating a cycle that those who promote separation of the sexes and a dismantling of Western patriarchy claim a desire to halt, halt abuse to women, but allow women and men to flagrantly and promiscuously run around with each other and have no structure and wonder why men and women don't respect each other because when they were boys and girls, they were never taught respect and they never learned respect and all they saw was 60s and 70s free love, man. I think it's important to note that I'm not a Christian. I'm not anti-hippie. I'm not a hippie. I'm not a hipster. I'm uh, not a conservative. I'm not uh, none of these things. What I am, if anything, is I'm a uh, I'm an observer. I'm just making observations. I'm kind of like the serious observational comedian. The comedian makes jokes by observation, and I'm just making a radio show by observation. And I I tend to read a lot. The idea that old customs of men hear about these old customs of men owning a woman's property and all of her finances, and it's so oppressive. That's only half the story. In fact, this is something I learned quite recently. I was reading about 18th century uh, voting rights and marriages and things like this, and the idea that a man owns a woman's property and finances when they get married, this is an archaic custom that was changed during the revolutionary 18th century in America, for one, and two, changed only to the extent for which it maintained the contextual reasoning for why this was instituted in a contractual form and obligation to begin with. It's true that men and women only were bound because the primary purpose of wedding was to raise a family. Therefore, homosexuality was not permitted, though homosexuality was virtually unheard of at any point throughout history. Things like polygamy were also not tolerated by a culture of marriage which preserved sex within marriage only. Cultural disgust towards breaking these covenants protected against the frugal flights of sexual fantasy and fancy which, if had, especially despite a marriage, prevented a man or woman from marrying their affair partner while they were further shamed in their community, which of course is admittedly a form of peer pressure but it nonetheless was a moral form of peer pressure. Things like nudity and pornography were totally outlawed, and illegitimate children had no legal standing as part of a family, once more encouraging marriage if one was going to have a child or if one got pregnant as a result of un, uh, unrelated intercourse to marriage, you get married and then the child is protected legally. So these were legal guidelines to protect the male, the female, and the child. As a result, the law did not reach into the household. So although it protected the structure, it didn't reach into the household, into sex, and especially in how one chose to educate or raise their children or to care for them. In other words, 
Sure, there are laws about divorce and about marriage and about things relating to monogamy. However, the state did not tell you how to raise your child. The state did not tell you how to educate your child, how to take care of your child. And there were no laws and there were no policies. And it was totally unacceptable at any point throughout history or in any any decent society today where you teach five-year-olds or you teach, you know, even sixth graders how to put condoms on and how to have anal sex in these middle schools all throughout the United States and in parts of the UK from what I've read. So if you think about that family structure and, oh, it's how could men own the finances of women? Well, finances were handled and were the property of the husband. So that's what you hear and you hear, well, that's patriarchal. How dare you? That's the woman's money too. Well, the wife was given a similar perhaps a more important duty in these contractual obligations. And that was in dealing with children. The right of finances being seen as more important than raising a child? Is that what some people believe? The right of finances are more important than raising a child? That raises a serious, curious question in and of itself. That's what a lot of feminists suggest, that you don't raise a child, you should go make money. Well, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of stuff, but you're assuming that and implicating that raising a child is secondary to the perceived success and purpose of acquiring money as part of the process of providing for a family. So if you suggest that making money is more important than raising a child, I think that you have some, some spiritual and some mental problems. That's, now, that's my opinion. That's not from any political or religious point of view. I just think that's kind of anti-human, and it's very materialistic, and I think it's, I think it's morally wrong. Now, as a result of this, men in this capacity were meant to care for their families and provide for them. The husband was also held responsible for crimes that were committed by his wife. He had to pay her debts and make her purchases, not as a tyrant, but as a provider in contrast to her nurturing qualities. The husband provides, the wife nurtures, as is totally within the natural construct of the alchemical union of men and women of the sexes. And although it may be perceived as unfair, when you have both things in context, it brings fairness to the subject of equality in marriage. See, in revolutionary America, opposed to Europe, not only were women or men, I can't imagine there were many, but today it's down the middle for rape, but any man who raped a woman in America was, was killed. Any woman who was raped by a man in Europe had virtually no recourse. The man could do it over and over again. It was very barbaric, even for Europe. So in revolutionary America, a lot of states changed typical European-style contractual policies and allowed women to own property separate of their husbands, despite the fact that at the time, in any country that preserved that conservative element of marriage and a nuclear family structure, it was the man who owned all the property and all the wealth and passed it down to his children and the daughters didn't get anything. In revolutionary America, a lot of states passed laws that banned primogeniture and allowed for money to be passed to girls 
so that they could inherit money from their fathers and or from their brothers. And it also allowed women to own separate property of men. This was all in revolutionary America, you know, where it was founded by a bunch of racist, sexist, bigoted, fat white guys who owned land. How can you delegate the importances of childbearing versus the acquiring of money? Think about that. That, that's really the argument to feminists. Women should go out and work. Women should go work for themselves. Well, times have changed, and women do work. And the reason women work is because the household duties are much different today than they were even 100 years ago. You have washing machines, and you have meals that you can put in the microwave or the oven, and instant bake products, and you have things that women don't really have to do anything in the home. Men don't really have to do anything in the home. Your washing machine washes washes everything at once. You don't have to hand wash and then clip to a line outside and wait for it to dry. You don't go get your vegetables out of your garden for the majority of people and then make a dinner from scratch. So as a woman or as a man, you don't spend your entire day doing household chores. That's why TV and Starbucks and get-togethers and groups that, you know, women have with their friends, you know, they all get together and play tennis or something not saying men don't do that, but you know, the housewives, they don't, they put yoga pants on, they get a mocha and they go out and they spend their husband's money. I mean, yeah, if that's all my wife did, I'd be pretty upset too, because if you are the provider of the money and all they do is sit at home and spend it, that isn't right. But see in the old days, and as something that in a sense has been preserved to this day, but also violated in many ways by feminists and free love and hippie love and things like that, Really, Rockefeller-funded propaganda, systemic eugenics, and the destruction of the nuclear family unit to destroy the social cohesion and bring down the culture and bring down society as a whole, bring down civilization. Women had an obligation to the home. So the idea that it's all equal, it's not equal if a guy makes all the money and a woman, unless the guy's okay with it, just sits at home and does literally nothing all day. That's not equal in a marriage agreement, is it? So that might sound like, ooh, a horrible thing a man said. No, it's the context that matters. Now, if the woman wants to bear a child and have a child, have you seen the women online, social media and things that go viral where the women are like, well, I like to take care of my child, and I, I, I make my husband breakfast before he goes to work all day, and then I take care of Junior, and they just get the most vile vitriol and hatred from these disgusting feminists who tell them that they're being oppressed by a male patriarchy. And you know what's funny about that? Well, not really funny, but more disturbing is that it assumes that making money and being so-called successful is more important than raising the family that's that's what it assumes and it's it's uh at its core just purely anti-human if the woman in these cases was uh let's say unfaithful or attempted to dissolve a marriage in the traditional form she lost her children to the husband something that seems unfair until you consider the purpose of such a law 
which was to keep men and women within a moral guideline. So you think about the three-fifths compromise of the U.S. Constitution. All they meant blacks were three-fifths of a person. No, if there wouldn't have been a compromise, there wouldn't have been a union, and slavery would have expanded in an uncontrolled manner. So a three-fifths compromise, as it's called a compromise, allowed black slaves to be counted as three-fifths of a person to limit the political power of the southern states so the northern states could maintain within a more equal and balanced system of representative delegation their abolitionist and anti-slavery stance. Slavery was then abolished in most states and even in territories that would later become states like Illinois and Kentucky and the North and South and so on and so forth. So on the surface, it looks like it's anti-black, it's pro-slavery, but no, it actually protected blacks and it later led to the freeing of slaves in places where slaves were still held. And it's the same thing with the idea that if a woman was to be divorced, she would lose the custody of her children. Why? Because as it is to this day, for hundreds of years, it has typically and statistically been, for whatever the reasoning is, it has been the woman, I think it's like 75% of divorces today I read, 75% of divorces, at least in the 90s, were initiated by women. So if the woman breaks the contract, she loses her duty over her children that go to the husband, which typically and biologically, men don't raise children as well as women do. Men and women raise them better together. Because women are nurturers, men are providers. Men can provide, but they can't nurture as well as a woman does. And as a man, I'm not upset about that because we're all playing our part. You know, you listen to a a typical radio show. I'm sure many of you listen to all kinds of radio shows. You have producers and you have people that run board op and then you have the host. And it's like, well, that host knows everything. They're so smart. Listen to this great show. But if it wasn't for their board op and it wasn't for their producer and it wasn't for the guy that goes and gets some coffee, you know, it wouldn't be as well of a put-together show. You know, unless they do something more guerrilla-style like I do where I run the board and I run the music and I do the research and I present and I do it all together. But, but, but even so, if I didn't have listeners who over the years have gotten me new boards when my old boards fell apart, my, my, my board here actually needs to be replaced at some point. If I didn't have listeners who sent me messages and, 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 and kind of, you know, gave me pep talks. Not that I needed them, but they give me pep talks and talks and tell me like, this show is amazing. I love your show. I listen to your show every night. That's all great. That helps me. And if it wasn't for you, some nights I might not have the motivation to, to, to have the same passion and do the same presentation. And maybe the show's not as good. Everything contributes. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned uh, on a recent show on Monday I sprained my ankle really bad. In fact, my my foot is still very, very swollen right now. I did it playing basketball. And, you know, when you play basketball or you play any team sport, you have teammates. And somebody might score most of the points, but if you don't have someone to assist or someone to screen or someone to guard, then what happens is you, you probably aren't going to score those points. So it's like, yeah, we equate the person who scores all the points with being the superstar, but there are those who have the rebounds and they have the assists and they have the blocks and they they play those they play those positions that are kind of like in the they're, they're in the 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 they're in the foxhole, you know. But those positions are just as important. We, we all play our own position. The idea that one position is more important than another is not a result of men or women. It's a result of people telling men and women that they're 
different in that they're not equal. And of course, total assholes and total bitches. To be, let's just be kind of uh, frank. So in relationship to divorces, a lot of women would lose their kids because three out of four women, uh, three out of four divorces were initiated by women on average. And uh, of course, you know, women are nurturers of children. So it would be logical that they were made to remain committed to their obligations by nature or lose full custody of their children. And if a man initiated the the, the end of the marriage, he didn't get to keep all of his wife's money. She got everything. Now, that's something that feminists, they like that idea. Women get everything. So they've kept a little bit of that to this day. But they also took that the woman also gets the custody of the kids, too. But this obviously didn't apply if a man was very violent in those relationships and then the kid would go with the mother anyway, even if the mother initiated the divorce. See, see, this is all just kind of legal history. This is all, it's important stuff to understand for context today. However, a, a simple foolish decision by a man or a woman to get married would always be upheld, something that would not be broken so simply because of an unhappy moment which today sends women fleeing into the arms of another man, into solitude, identity crisis, self-mutilation, self-harm, or in many cases immediate rectification with a new marriage while ignoring her previous marriage with a clean-cut divorce, basically like blocking somebody on Facebook. I've been in maybe like four, maybe five serious relationships And three of the women I've been in relationships with, after being with me and telling me they can't be with me because they can't understand how I communicate in a relationship, basically expressing love, they got married immediately, like like a month. One girl got married like a month after she left me. Not she. I mean, she she did cheat on me with somebody else, but she got married to a new person almost immediately. Two other women, same thing, got married almost overnight after telling me they just can't handle the love. I'm not I'm not like a Romeo guy, I'm just I'm just a human being. But that's what I've been told. Should I hate all women? No, that's absurd. Women are less physically strong than men, and women are less attracted to certain trades than men, you know, including being a soldier, being an astronaut. Men are less attracted to keeping a home and raising a child. These are not results of cultural determinism, as some suggest, but biological and genetic traits. To artificially raise a child in the opposite is to create confusion. In other words, to raise a boy as a girl and a girl as a boy creates intense confusion. Though there are some very rare cases where a child naturally feels the opposite. However, in these cases, it's a result of probably cultural determinism where parents brainwash a child to be the opposite of their biological sexes or get the sexual organs removed. And this leads to selfish lifestyles that are in conflict with nature and are naturally rotted with drugs and alcohol and prostitution, self-harm and suicide. All women do not share the typical characteristics of their biology, of course, and neither do men. But these are exceptions to the natural order where men are typically strong providers and women are not weak but they're strong in different ways, strong emotional nurturers. This order has provided that women bear children and men provide. That is science, contrary to the opposite argument that sexual biology is a construct. And if you disagree with this, that sexual biology is a construct, you're called a sexist, or you're ironically called anti-science by the same crowds of people. Women are by nature passive and men assertive, hence the penis and the vagina themselves, hence the yoni and the phallus, hence what the Christian cross or the Celtic cross represents. 
The idea that women are oppressed and that men rule in some conspiring hierarchy is totally and absolutely absurd and false. It only exists within the minds of those who have neglected half of reality. Even so, patriarchy and matriarchy are by no means negative or positive, nor is masculinity and femininity. If anything, women are the dominant sex by these arguments because men are required to court and impress women to get their attention and affection that without commitment is thrown around like dirty laundry from one man to another under the ideology that self-pleasure and harm is liberation from male abuse. In other words, allowing men to use you is liberation from a man who would treat you right if he were also the same libertarian kind of an individual, kind of a person, had that same mindset. Women dominate men in the household with emotions, with family, with children, etc. Things that are half the picture ignored by the societal ideological cult that money and jobs, they believe, are the means to happiness and success despite the stress, anxiety, and health problems that result in nearly 75% of all suicides being male and 93% of all workplace deaths being male. It's 73%, almost 75% for suicide. The idea that women are dominant in society or should be because they are abused so often by men is not only, eh, I guess it's kind of true, but it's actually abusive to women and men. Statistically, men and women abuse each other at an equal rate in the U.S. and the U.K., and the idea that women should have children and just rely on welfare to take care of them while perhaps expecting in the same culture to find a man who better matches their quote-unquote perfect situation is of pure delusion and fantasy. It's a world where men are then left to no responsibility and fleeting relationships that may result in a child. This further abuses that unborn and soon-to-be new life. This culture has corrupted the minds of men likewise who view women as having no purpose in the home as feminists desire men to think and that their true purpose, their true place is in the workplace. This view, actually, to the contrary of what the feminists say, diminishes the family, it diminishes safety, and it diminishes the security of a home, and the respect men and women traditionally hold for each other, and the love and the connection. The idea that a woman belongs in the house while a man deserves to work is said in a lot of different ways and a lot of different tones. And in ways that imply that work outside the home is more important than preserving a home paid for by that work, it degrades the work of the home and its typical employee, the woman, who is regarded as useless unless she leaves the home and works, an insult to most women who wish to raise children at home, and an insult to men who respect those wishes and wish to be a provider for their wife and family. And these men are often seen as oppressing the woman at home and demeaning her work, the very things that feminists have created by telling women that their work at home is pointless and that they need to join the job force. The world today is different than the 18th century, where women had to hand wash clothing and prepare everything from scratch, things that have only recently in the 20th century been totally revolutionized. Now a laundry machine and pizza delivery takes care of typical household chores. The arguments I've made this evening, everything we discussed, I say it seriously and with passion. And people will call me a sexist. They'll call you a sexist for agreeing or even listening to them for that matter and say that I have no authority to speak because I'm a man. And and if you're a woman and say the same thing, they'll say you have no authority to speak because you're oppressed by a man, meaning that you don't have a right to speak because you're a woman who doesn't agree with the cult collective. In other words, these are the people that believe that women's work at home is insignificant and that they have to go out and work 
to have purpose. They believe that women don't get to speak unless they speak in line with the collective cult. Two things that they accuse men of treating women, like men who say you belong at home and men who say you don't get to speak, shut up, wife. How many people like that actually exist? It's not many. And of the few that do exist, women typically are at home. Men are typically in the workplace. Men have always been the dominant physical force in the world of humans. And like any conquering military, the men have to be subjugated and killed in order to be more. Men have always dominated the physical. uh, Men have always been the dominant physical force in the world, at least in the world of humans. And like any conquering military, these men have to be subjugated or killed in order to more easily rape and murder and torture and kidnap the women and the children to raise the children and brainwash the women to the cult ideology of the conquering military, the conquering culture. That's what it's really about. What it's really about is systemic eugenics. That's why Black Lives Matter on their website says we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. Because... They are speaking in the footsteps of the eugenicist Margaret Sanger because they are speaking in the footsteps of the racists and the bigots and the sexists and all the elitist eugenicists who convince people that they are on your side and that you're fighting against the man by taking a belief that the collective ideology is more important than the individual and is more important than the nuclear family individual unit, which they've turned into a nuclear family fission bomb. And tonight, we have dismantled that bomb. Tonight, we have disarmed that bomb. And I hope truly that you learned something from tonight's show. And if you have any opinions or questions please email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe, stay informed. We'll talk to you next week. So you know, next week will be my last week before I take a short vacation. And then we'll be back probably into the first week of September. I'll probably, probably be gone the last week or so of August. We'll have a lot of great new episodes from August and other months that we'll p- replay uh, on the Fringe FM The archive is always there. Please subscribe. You get the archive, the montages, the digital books. We have physical books. Every time you subscribe or buy a book, it supports the show. www.thesecretteachings.info Thanks for helping me to dismantle the nuclear family fission bomb, to disarm it, and to disperse of it. I hope that you see things objectively. At least that's how I hope that this show comes off. I try to be as objective as possible in my analysis, and I hope that you enjoyed, hope that you learned something, hope you were entertained, and I hope you'll tune in to us next week. Stay safe, stay informed, stay tuned to The Fringe FM. Tune into this show at your own risk, because it leads to a state of mind, not a perception that will be, but one that is. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. 
the analysis offered on this show is objective, removed from the emotional hysteria of the hive mind collective mob of coercive persuasion, the polar divisions in politics and religion, and those that exist in the paranormal, occult, and even in health. By simple observation and common sense, one may decipher the news speak, doublespeak, and propaganda of ideological collectives intent on persuading the individual to abandon liberty through coercion and fear. On this show, we will speak to your heart and soul, opening a channel to spirit. And when you tune into this frequency, you are hearing The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, with a full archive at thesecretteachings.info.